Hello and welcome to Really Well Women with me, clinical somatic educator Heidi Hadley and naturopathic doctor Sarah Wilson. Really Well Women is here to educate, empower and enhance the health and well-being of women who have many demands and yet they want to take care of themselves from the inside out. Enjoy our podcast as we delve into all areas of health and well-being. So are you ready to find out more? Let's get started. Welcome back to Really Well Women. Now, in this episode, this is going to be a solo episode with me. Um, We're going to be considering some interesting questions that have come forward as regards mindset and pain and also perception of pain. So this is why I thought we'd just, again, add a little bit more um, information into this and become very specific because it's actually something that people have been um, asking us quite a lot recently. So the thing is, as we transition through life, and one thing that we often feel is that there starts to become this increase of pain um, and it can start to have a huge impact on our emotional and mental health too. And that's what seems to be coming back from a lot of your feedback and from a lot of your emails. So today I'd like to address some of the questions that we have received in the area of pain, pain perception and how our mindset actually influences it. And so we're also going to look at considering some proactive measures or looking at how we can use our mindset just to shift the current perspective we may have to something that's actually going to be more empowering for us to move forward with. So in recent years, pain scientists and neuroscientists have declared that our mindset is heavily influenced or it heavily influences our perception of pain, basically. So I'd like to delve into the basics of neuroscience and highlight some really fascinating areas, which I think you'll find will start to help understand why there's this strong connection between our mindset and perception. Now, within our brainstem, which is that unconscious or subconscious part of our brain, lies a region known as the reticular activating system or RAS. So at times I'm going to refer to it as RAS. Now, I've talked about the RAS in season one. Sarah and I talked about it in the mindset um, episode. So if you want to check back in a little bit more detail there, please do. But what we're going to do is consider here what the RAS is actually doing for us as regards mindset in this instance. And so the RAS consists of a bundle of nerves which start at the top of the spinal column and they extend up towards probably about approximately five centimetres they go upwards. And the diameter of the RAS is slightly larger than the average pencil. So all of the senses, except for the sense of smell, have been wired into the RAS. And so the RAS has several functions, but in this area of somatics and pain perception, we're going to consider how the RAS creates a filtering system towards anything that goes through our mind, basically. Now, when I teach somatics to clients either online or in person, we discuss a lot about the RAS and I liken the RAS to being almost like a secretary. The secretary is filtering phone calls and emails uh, to the CEO of a company. And so the secretary will filter and relay the necessary information that she feels or he feels that the CEO needs to make that particular decision. And that's really how the RAS works. It works in a very similar manner. Um, It makes sure that your brain doesn't have to deal with more information than it can actually handle. It plays this massive role in the sensory information that we perceive on a daily basis. Because the reason is, um, every second, 
over a hundred pieces of data flood our conscious mind and a staggering 40 million pieces of data enter our subconscious mind. And so our senses are constantly feeding so much information to our brain that if we didn't have the RAS, we would find it really difficult to focus. We'd actually start to go, I can't cope here. It's like a massive data overload. And so we can't possibly pay attention to all that information. And so just like a secretary, the RAS or the reticular activating system filters all this data and it provides the relevant information to be brought to our attention. And I'd like to highlight two classic examples of when we see the RAS in operation. For instance, and I've mentioned this before, uh, Sarah and I have talked about it in the mindset principle, but I, I want to bring it through with you again, because have you ever looked at a car that you're interested in, started researching it, you know, started finding all the specifications on it and going to maybe going to view it, and maybe test driving it. And then you start seeing that car everywhere. And before you know it, you actually think to yourself, until this point, I hadn't actually really noticed that car and now it seems to be everywhere. And that's because your RAS has filtered non-important data and it started to target on exactly what you want to focus on. And at this instance, it's a particular car. Another example that we can consider with the RAS and how it filters so effectively is that when we're in a large gathering, I don't know if you've ever had this, have you ever been in a large group of people and you're really interested to know exactly what that person is saying across the room? And then if you really focus in on that person talking, your RAS will start to hone in on their conversation and you can start to really heighten your awareness to what they're saying. And in the end, all the noises around you start to become quite muffled and non-distinctive and you can start picking up just, you know, just the odd phrase or expression to start to get an idea of what the conversation's about. So by understanding how powerful the RAS is, we can see why the expressions associated with the RAS are, and one of my favorite is, what you think about grows, or it all begins with how you choose to think. So the way that we talk the way that we view life, the way that we perceive pain, the way that we act on a daily basis all comes down to the filtering system, the way that we filter the world around us. And that's why empowering speech is so important and the removal of disempowering expressions such as, you know, in, when we're thinking of um, injuries and back pain, for instance, really disempowering expressions could be something like, my back is as solid as a rock. Or it could be, my back feels like an ironing board. Or it could be, um, you know, that I've got this fragile back. You know, all these sorts of expressions. And when we do that, what we realize is, is we're allowing our RAS to focus on the negative. And sometimes people are given labels or disempowering descriptions from well-intentioned health practitioners. But these expressions can stay in a person's mind for many, many years. And the expressions could be, your back is the condition of an 80-year-old. Or, be careful, don't move too much, you've got a really fragile back. And so... If you think about it, there are many people that will be replaying these disempowering expressions and starting to create limiting beliefs. And with that, they're going to hold on to deep emotional, um, there'll be these anchors, these deep emotional feelings associated with those expressions. 
And so what that will start to do in life um, is it will create this hyper vigilance or becoming hyper alert to the smallest sensation within that region of the body. And that's really what then starts to happen is the RAS has this huge uh, influence over everything, the way that we see the world, the way that we sense and feel our body, our emotions, pain levels. And so the RAS has a huge relevance in um, somatic movement, for instance. Consider the information that's relayed from your skin to your brain. Imagine this, there is just about about two meters square of our skin that is containing millions and millions of nerve cells. And these nerve cells detect temperature, they detect pain, location, pressure. And so when certain techniques within somatic movement are used, we're allowing our reticular activating system to fully focus on what we're directing our attention to. So if you're online with me, you're going to notice at times and also um, when we do live sessions or I do webinars with you, you'll understand and you'll notice why I bring in a very um, crucial area for you to bring your reticular activated system to the fore. And that is with tapping and bring and holding certain areas to get our brain to notice those areas again, bring them back into our conscious awareness, bring in that mindful approach and mindful awareness back. And so we don't need to talk too much when we're pandiculating. Because we're using specific techniques that are there to increase the actions of the reticular activating system and allow us to focus on those areas. So we're really wanting to feel and sense deep within what is happening. We don't need to over intellectualize these things. As soon as we start pandiculating, we start to bring the brain's awareness to those areas. Now, pain scientists have identified that the power and the intentions of a person's words and their actions influences them and it also influences others. And this is because, again, areas such as the reticular activating system will recall a comment made by somebody a long time ago and they'll replay it. And so they reaffirm it. It becomes a fact. It's this constant looping, this thought, this expression. It's there all the time. So, for instance, um, there was a client that once came to one of my somatics classes and I was guiding the group with a specific movement and it was to look at movement with their arms and through their shoulders. And this lady, she looked absolutely terrified. So during the session, I quietly walked over to her and I asked her if she was OK. And she just said to me, I don't move my shoulder. And I said, OK. So I asked her why. And she replied that her doctor told her not to move it. Now, that's her perception. That's the way she gathered that information. We don't know the full facts of that, but that's how she perceived it. So when I asked her how long ago it was that she was told not to move her shoulder, she replied, 25 years ago, to which I internally thought, whoa. <laughs> but I, I then said, right, well, that was then and this is now. Let's see what your shoulder can do today. So by changing her limiting beliefs around her shoulder, at the end of the class, she was actually moving her shoulder freely. She had this completely stunned, shocked, surprised look on her face. And she reported to me that her neck pain had reduced quite significantly. That was just after one hour of doing somatic movement. Um, 
And that's how powerful of an example of how the disempowering expressions or thoughts or possibly how she misconstrued that comment, how that changed the filtering system in her reticular activating system that for 25 years she believed that she was not able to move her shoulder. That's how heavily controlled and impacted from her mind, how from what she perceived, how she's held herself captive. And so deep emotions become heavily associated, and in this instance, heavily associated with her shoulder to the point that she genuinely believed it wasn't possible for her to move her shoulder. So she exhibited this fear before her limiting belief was actually challenged. You could see it all over her face. And then it's so rewarding when you can see her face afterwards, realizing that actually she can do these things. And so to be fair, in her doctor's defense, the lady may have perceived the comments very differently to how the doctor intended it to be. And so in this situation, really, if you think about it, the comment or the expression could be likened to a broken record. She was constantly replaying that expression and those feelings in her head. She was reaffirming her limiting beliefs about her shoulder, which now had a label and it had this whole story to it. And when this happens to others as well as um, to other clients, you know, I've seen it over the time. What happens is, is that a person becomes overly protective. They become hypersensitive to every sensation felt and then they create further limitations in their movement. Have you felt that in yourself? Have you ever been in a situation where you could have probably just moved that body area a little bit more, but sometimes the fear was actually holding you hostage? Now, as a result of all these feelings of being held hostage and the emotions associated with it, what pain scientists have noticed is that this can result in the development of, development of something called neurotags. Now, these neurotags are referred to in a figurative sense. So neurotags can have a positive association to a situation or a feeling or a location or an experience. However, they can also have a negative um, association. And pain scientists refer to these types of neurotags as danger neurotags and safety neurotags. Now, let me explain are two situations that can create two very different outcomes depending on what your neurotag is and how you've conditioned your reticular activating system. So let's take the scenario that a person has injured their back. Now their neurotag could say the following to their subconscious. Now let's consider what the danger neurotag would say. The danger neurotag might say, I have to live on pills. I've got to cut back on my hobbies. I've got to stay home more. It's old age. Do I have fibromyalgia? Do I have some sort of inflammation issues? And why did this have to happen to me? So can you see how we can start to create a story? We can start to whip up this anxiety within us. We, you know, before we know it, we can be labeling ourselves with this, using words and expressions and diagnoses, which nobody's actually said, but we've created this entire story around it. But let's consider how we could switch our mindset and become proactive. So this is where I talk about, let's have a look at proactive measures. What could we do to switch our mindset? So let's consider what would the safety neurotag say? So the safety neurotag would have more of an empowering situation or a thought process. So that neurotag would say, 
I must learn gentle somatic movements to improve my muscles, joints, posture and mobility with my brain and body creating this mindful practice because I know it's going to help me to reduce pain. This is not an enemy. Pain is not an enemy. It is just a sensation which will reduce when I bring self-care and education into my daily activities and daily routine. I'm starting to understand why I have these recurring injuries so I can see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Now, you see, that's a completely different way of looking at things. Instead of being drawn into a drama or an anxiety or meeting trouble halfway or creating more in that situation, we've become more objective and we're looking at the proactive measures if we educate ourselves, we become more aware of what's happening internally with ourselves. So can you see the shift between having that danger and that safety neurotag? Now, the way that we train and use our reticular activating system will ref reflect our thoughts, words and actions like we've just seen. Now, granted, there are going to be stories and there will be fears based around our feelings. That's that's understandable. And I'd like to highlight how that can also be the case. So let's consider a professional football player and a professional violinist. Now, both individuals break, let's say, their finger of their left hand. Now, their pain response and their reaction is going to be really different. If you think about it, the football player will acknowledge that they've got to rest and they've got to miss a few games to allow themselves to heal. And the pain is going to feel quite minor and it won't bother them as much. Whereas if we think of a professional violinist, there, there's going to be this whole emotional response associated with their injury. They may think to themselves that missing those few very important con concerts in the next few weeks could jeopardize their career. They may think to themselves that if they lose this well-earned and highly competitive position in, within the orchestra, it's going to affect their income, their mortgage, their family, and then their worries become endless. You know, this is where we can see this heightened emotional state, according to pain scientists, will start to amplify their pain and it slows down their recovery. And yet the injury is exactly the same. However, their response is very different according to the language or the self-talk within their head. And that's whether they have good um, stress and pain management techniques. You can, can you see how there's the same injury, but how it can be uh, taken by two completely different mindsets? And so that's what's so fascinating because over the years I've worked with so many clients and mindset is a huge area which we will always be considering. And as a result, that's why I created the Total Somatics Online Program because we're not just looking at somatic movement. If it was just somatic movement, that'd be fair enough. But somatic movement is just one crucial component alongside mindfulness, mindset skills, nutrition and other lifestyle factors. And this will all put together helps to empower and educate you within the area of your health and well-being. There's so much within this. We can't just take one section at a time. It's so, so detailed. And that's why the online program that I've got all this latest information for you. And it's constantly being updated so that you've got your finger on the pulse as regards somatic health and well-being. 
and it's been designed so I've put it there so you've got videos you've got support material and added to that within the online price you've got free access to the online classes uh, webinars and other live sessions and as a total somatics member you've also got the opportunity to have a tailored one-on-one -on -one clinical somatics session with me so that's what's really great all this is there to basically help you uh, create more of that holistic or that global approach to your health and well-being and so i've created this so you can it can be performed in the comfort and the privacy of your own home at a time and at a pace that suits you and so it's become a really popular um, way to help reduce pain, improve posture, increase mobility and help you continue or return to the activities that you love to do. Because you see, when we start looking at our mindset, when we look at our movement, when we look at pain perception and the internal dialogue that we have, we realize that there's so much we can do and our mind and body our entire system is so clever, it's so intricate, and we're learning how we can work so effectively and work so smartly with it to get those great results. So if you want to learn more, please join me and the rest of the Total Somatics community online at totalsomatics.com. And I'd love to bring all this information to you so that you can now start seeing how we can really shift your mindset and look at how you perceive pain and how we can change that with somatic movement, mindset, mindfulness, nutrition, lifestyle factors, the works. We can bring it all together. So I'll see you very soon. Take care and see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more, go to reallywellwomen.com and connect with us. Also, spread the word so we can increase the feeling of really well women all around the world. So until next time, take care.